Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that, like the current climate, like the current situation in the world today, will be constantly changing over the next couple of weeks as we figure out what it is that we have left to actually work with. My name is Tosin, I am your host, I am based up in, well, in the Midlands near Coventry, and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon, Hello, and Sean. Sean? Okay, now we're doing this over a Zoom call and Sean has just frozen. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, he's there. (laughs) He's there, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have like a massive delay now. I can see me. I'm seeing you moving. Okay, yeah, yeah, you will see you moving. You will see you moving, but you probably won't see us. And you'll probably hear me saying this about 30 seconds after I've said it. Mm. It just suddenly dropped out. It it, did it yesterday when I was watching the football. I was watching the England game and all of a sudden, oh oh, no! So... (laughs) So All right, it might okay, just cool. be the Wi-Fi. It might, might just be the Wi-Fi. So, okay, we'll, we'll carry on as long as it keeps working. And we'll go there. So I'm just going to do the intros again. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, joining me as ever on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. <laughs> the computer does not like Sean today. The, the internet does not like Sean being part of this thing today. Sean, can you hear me? I can now, yes. You, okay, cool. You can hear me. So we're going to try for the third time to do the intros and see what happens. <laughs> okay, let's try. Let's try. <laughs> okay. Joining me on the Isle of Wight, as usual, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. It, as I said in the intro, we're trying to we're, we are we're just having to deal with things that are happening. Whatever the world throws at us, we're just having to deal with it. And you might not hear this when you listen to the podcast, but we tried that intro three times, three times, and ten minutes later, we finally have it. We finally have a hire from Sean. So, <laughs> all right. So as I was mentioning it, I mean, oh, oh wait, okay. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded the podcast. That is largely because one of us decided to go off and selfishly become a father. So, <laughs> yes, I know. I know. One of us decided, I can't imagine who, 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 who could be that selfish. Uh, become a, so, so the last couple of weeks have been a whole new world, a bit like the wider world at large, where we're finding out new things as they carry on. And in the time since we last recorded, big things have happened in the cinema world, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> big things big things have happened and it's it's kind of like remember how oh, way back before cinemas reopened in the UK um there was there was something that i referred to as a cinematic game of chicken where you had the cinemas going we're going to open and then the studios going oh we're going to wait a little bit and we're going to stay a little bit longer before we actually open and then studios then cinemas go okay then we're going to push it back and it was like oh who was going to go first then tenant decided to put his flag on the ground everybody opened and then it seems to have happened all over again this time it was james bond no time to die daniel craig's final outing as james bond was pushed back and once that happened it caused mass chaos. So yeah. since the last Bond time... Bond has thrown the cinema under the bus. Thro- thro- yeah. I don't think it's just Bond. I don't think it's just Bond. No, but... no it's not just Bond. Yeah, but... They were the final... They yeah. were the kick that sent them reeling over the edge. I yeah, think. they were like, if we don't have a if we don't have a Bond movie, I think a lot of people had been... A lot of cinema chains had been counting on that. I know View, um, Cineworld, Odeon have spoken about that. So since that, so James Bond pushed himself... They, James Bond got pushed back. And then since then, we've had... The cinemas have, like, the different chains have responded in different ways. Cineworld has shut down indefinitely. And they said, like, they're going to shut down until, essentially, these studios get their act together and actually start releasing films. Which is bad news for the two of you, because it means that the big cinema multiplex on the Isle of Wight is not open, which is the, which is the Cineworld. There's a small independent cinema, but... How long that they will cope, or we don't know. But yeah, Cineworld was our main source of our cinema goingness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. Yeah, uh, and so so when did the when did the cinema on the Isle of Wight actually shut down? The Thursday after the announcement. So they said 
I think they announced it on the Monday or the Tuesday when Bond announced that they were moving back. More or less, almost straight away, Cineworld said, you know what, you've won for this year. We're not going to open again until we know when we've got a film. And so the cinema on the Isle of Wight said, okay, Thursday night is going to be the last film that's scheduled for Thursday night and we're going to shut the doors after Thursday, I've, on Thursday I've, night. I've got a horrible feeling. I can't see it reopening, you know, not not over here. I really can't see it reopening, even in the summer, even next year, whatever. I think I think it's done. I think it's. I mean, I've got a really, really bad feeling, but I think it's probably done. I mean, there was something on the news today, and they were talking like Sydney World. They're just going to ditch all the staff. So, and they were in financial trouble be- even before all this. Yeah. So, I just think it's it's you know it's gone. Yeah, it's uh, sheesh. I'm actually Sean. You just saying that actually made me kind of a bit emotional as. I've actually sort of sat down here. It might have to be, be, will be the whole becoming a new dad because in case you didn't figure it out, it was me. I became a new dad, so, so it's like it's like maybe yeah, it's it wasn't a, me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's be, the whole becoming a dad thing. But you what you just said there. Actually, I could feel tears welling up in the back of my eyes where you were saying about you think it might be gone because I, th- I think I'm a, I think I agree with you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's purpose built as a cinema, so there is a slight hope that another chain might take it over because it's a site with, you know, 11 screens. So it's all there yeah. um, built for that purpose. But it's a, it is a big commitment, isn't it, for any... And especially when Disney this week, I've heard, I read about them saying that they're going to be putting all of their investment for the next however long into films for their streaming sites. They're going to channel everything towards their, their but, streaming sites and make, have a less emphasis on cinema releases. Well, it makes sense because... They, they, well, they, well, I have, I have my thoughts on this. I have, I have my thoughts on, okay, I'm just going to make a note. Talk about studios being greedy. Studios being <laughs> greedy. Well, so I said, and I think what that means is that when they say they're going to focus more on streaming stuff, they're going to spend more, less money on the films. So they're not going to be making a $200 million films anymore. They might make a $50 million film because they, they can push those out and they can be like, you know, throw away popcorn, which they're not expect. They don't have to have that many people watch it on the streaming site to make their money back. They don't. Yeah, to get that back. Not if they've got subscribers. That money is just going to roll in whatever they do. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sean, I'm sorry to say this. We've spoken about this on this. Um, if this is the first time you're speaking on the podcast, sorry, it will be all over the place because the world is all over the place right now. But we really talk. Yeah. We, we usually talk about Netflix things and cinema things, and we compare them to each other, as the title might suggest. And Sean, you always have this whole thing about Netflix and how Netflix doesn't care about the quality of the film because. Yeah. So it seems like. A lot of the people, so Disney Plus have Disney have the Disney Plus platform, and they seem to be following the Netflix model, which is we'll just put it in there, we'll spend less money, but we'll get a better return for it. So I'm, one so, thing, I'm sorry, Sean. One thing I was surprised at is Disney make more money on their theme parks. Yeah, they they do they they like that's like huge amount. That sort of you know their theme parks are like massive massive money spinner. Yeah, yeah, but but if you think about a Disney theme park, they or the the sort of the default is that people go to a Disney theme park because that's where Mickey Mouse lives and they want to meet Mickey Mouse. Then as things go on, you end up with Frozen and they will go to Disney theme park because that's where that's where Elsa lives and all that. <laughs> so essentially, the films are the first thing that create the interest for people to actually go to a Disney theme park. So no, a, number one, at the moment with the, with the theme park, they're not going to be making as much money. And no, it's like film and cinema and with all the promotional stuff. It's like a symbiotic relationship, isn't it? Yeah. You normally, ha- we tend to think of one as being like the parasite and one as being like the purer form, but they do rely upon each other. That they, the cinemas need the films to keep coming. Yes. And then these big corporations need their need an audience. Yes. And you know the audience will generate a buzz at a cinema that. These other platforms just won't generate. They, well, well, they generate them in a different way. I mean, it's it's kind of like I know with the interviews that we've been doing with film buffs, there was one with one of my friends, Wally, and he was saying that he thinks that the format of a film, the two hours sit down, have everything, have your attention for two hours, is built for the cinema and just doesn't work at home. He. <laughs> He says that it doesn't work at home because at home you can get up, you can go, you can pause it, all that. It's like home is meant for something more episodic. So home is meant for like, you know, a mini series. Right? So and 
you find like when I look at the okay, you look at Netflix and look at the buzz that they've gotten from things like the social dilemma from the Tiger King. All so the things that they've gotten a buzz from it tend to be more sort of documentaries as opposed to feature films. You don't really get a buzz on Netflix from a feature film, but you do from a TV series, you do from a documentary. And it's it, so I think it will change. It will change without the cinema. What we are going to be hearing about, what we're going to be yelling about, is going to change. But talking about the uh, and Sean, please do jump in at one point at, at any second if I say anything that's mildly intelligent and makes you think, oh yeah, I have, I've got something to say about that. So, <laughs> so but no, but the the thing that gets me is you know you this as I said, it became this sort of symbiotic chicken egg thing where you have cinemas and cinemas need films. And I think the the head of View actually said this week, he said, he said like, cinema will survive. We just need movies, is the way he mm. put it. He just said, we just need movies. We can't keep open. We can't keep paying these things because they're the movies that people want to see and movies that people have been waiting the entirety of 2020 to see that the studios are refusing to release. And this is the way he, he put it across, that the studios are actually refusing to release them, which I personally agree with, because it seems like the yeah. studios have just sat down there and they are refusing to accept that because of a pandemic, they might make less money. They, mm, they, yeah. are, they are refusing to accept that. It's, it's like everybody, or, or almost everybody, not Zoom, <laughs> not zoom for instance zoom got more money from me this week because oh we don't have to go off after 40 minutes by the way guys because this week i paid for a zoom account which means that we oh. have we can be on here for 24 hours complaining and they will not oh, kick wow. us off <laughs> they will not well i shall relax and then just, yeah. <laughs> i should have bought a snack i suppose the zoom's handy with the little one because you've probably got loads of loads of relatives and all that now that you can you can talk to Yes, yes, Zoom. Get, okay, so, okay, this is, if we, to keep it to keep it busy, we're talking about industries that have done well because of the pandemic. For instance, Zoom, we were going to do a, ba- a naming ceremony. So I just, had a, I just had a child, and in the Yoruba culture where I come from, eight, on the eighth day of life, so essentially seven, a week after the baby is born, you do the naming ceremony where you reveal to everybody what name you've given your child. And other people who are there, so like, you know, family members, supposed to be for close family, they come in and everybody who shows up gets to give the child a name or like a blessing or a wish for their life. And we had the rule of six, which meant that, um, well, my wife, she is one of five girls. So <laughs> so on that, on that, her immediate family, her nuclear family immediately contravenes the rule of six. So they couldn't come. I'm one of four. So my immediate family, if we had all of them without Claudia there, we might be six. <laughs> so, so I just, so we went, okay, how are we going to do? So I figured out a sort of staging platform where we did it. And it worked out quite well using Zoom because I spent ages trying to figure out how to make this thing work and using all of my video knowledge and putting it all together and all that kind of stuff but that meant that i knew with this number of people on we can't just keep kicking people off 40 minutes and they're coming them back on like we do on the podcast usually on the podcast we record for 40 minutes we all get kicked off then we come back in for another 40 minutes of finishing <laughs> off because i'm a cheapskate but but with all the family i knew we couldn't so with something like that i went i went okay i'm going to pay for zoom and zoom got my 14 pounds off me which meant that yeah they were like yeah we knew if you kept hanging around you will eventually pay us 14 pounds <laughs> so uh, get there in the end yeah so so they've they are doing well but there's a lot of industries that have realized that look we are going to have to take a hit and we are going to have to we're going to keep making money but we're just not going to make as much money as we did and the studios, this is the bit, your Disney's, your Warner Brothers, your, okay, now let's say Fox is gone. Who else is there? I can't remember any. Hmm. Maybe there's not that many studios. But they all seem to think that it is, that they shouldn't make less money than they would have done otherwise because there's a, there's a pandemic on. So they are all, they're not even, they're looking at Tenet. And Tenet, people are saying well it didn't make a billion pounds which is what it was supposed to make if that times are normal i'm like times are not normal it's tenant no. still made about i think what 400 million worldwide and that was without being released in new york and la which are big massive film markets mm-hmm. which shows which to me shows that there is still an appetite people are still going to watch it. the fact that this film has made something like 400 million in an, a pandemic for me is a big success story so yeah so uh, i personally think keep things inching along 
you will make less money, but you will still make money. And it means that cinemas can survive. Cinemas will be there. And then when a vaccine gets released or something comes up and then something can come back to the point where to some sort of model where you used to, the way you used to make money before, you would make even more because then people will be, that you can still do that. But they seem to think, no, no, we cannot handle making 50% of what we were making before. We're just not going to release the films. Yeah. And, and you think surely with these films, when they are released, they have a longer run at the cinemas where they're not fighting for screen space as any others, like with Tenet. It was on at Tenet, Austin, yeah, but it had still like four on. or five. <laughs> it's still on. So it's like you've got more space. Your film will run for longer. You don't have to see if you can get that you know, record-breaking opening weekend. Your run is going to be a month, two months longer than it was before. So you'll get your money, but it will just take a bit longer. Yeah. But I think I just feel it's a bit short-sighted. They, they want to release these films and they're expecting all the cinemas to be ready and waiting when they decide to release their film. That's... If they're not releasing their films now, you're not going to have anywhere to release your films into. Then you're not going to make your money back because you're, you're immediately have limited how many yeah, places you can no, show they make them. no money at all they make no money they at all they make their money because they've got so nowhere to show it <laughs> yes, okay I'll, I'll be Sean should you want to say something there's something I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to just, circle back to I was to. just saying it's a it's, I don't know if you call it catch 22 or it's a silly thing but Sharon's exactly right is that you know they won't make any money because there'll be so many cinemas that go by the way in different cities and that that you know they lose they lose a lot of the lot of the money by not releasing them i think it's terrible so i probably sound pretty sad and angry don't i and quite bitter i think because you know there's i don't know what i'm going to do without cinema (laughs) no no but uh, sure the thing is when you say sad and angry i'm with you because it's the i the the bit that gets me and the thing that i keep coming back to is that they are not willing to accept that they would make less money they are not willing to accept that this is the world we live in now. You're going to have to make less money than you were, than you originally hoped to make. Everybody's having to do that, but they think, no, it shouldn't apply to them. And so they're waiting and waiting and waiting until the times come round when they can make as much money as they originally hoped to make from these films. And that bit, I have to admit, Sean, I'm with you, that annoys me. That annoys me that, oh, that people are that... Well, in my mind, it seems greedy. I don't know what the bottom line is. I don't know what the accounting is like. I don't know whether they actually need the money, they need those films to make that much money to remain open. I don't know. But but it seems, when you look at someone like Disney, for instance, who I think, I don't know how bad an economic downturn will have to be for Disney to go under. I don't know how bad they have to be, and I do not want to think about how bad that economic downturn will have to be for Disney to say we are bankrupt. I think they can take major, major successive hits. And the fact that they are not willing to even try and put something out there really, really gets up my nose. But, but Sean, you were just talking... I I remember there was a a while back on on this show, we were talking about whether cinemas were going to go out of business because of the pandemic. And I said, no, it's not going to happen... Even if Cineworld goes under, Odeon goes under, somebody else will come out and fill them up. I think Disney could come out and say, we're going to buy, start, set up our own cinema chain and you can only watch our films in our cinema. Essentially, Disney are going to do a Disney Plus for cinema-wise. And the fact that I think that they should be able to still release their films in cinema and still make money, make less, but the fact that they're holding back and they're refusing to do that makes me think that this is going to be some sort of massive power grab. Yeah. A bit like, a bit like, uh, I mean, Sean, okay, Sean, you're, you're a football fan. You were talking about watching a lot of football this week. And in the news yeah. this week has been all about the project Big Picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the two, yeah, with the big clubs, yeah. Yes, with the big, where you have Liverpool and Man United, who have, who have seen this opportunity, because uh, everybody's talking about how the clubs at the bottom of the pyramid are possibly going to go out of business. And they need help from the big clubs. And so Liverpool and Man United came up with a with a document to the corporate big picture. They said, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem. We we are happy to give you a whole bunch of money, but here are our demands, and this is what you." And it was essentially saying wanted to restructure English football in a way that benefited that would that might save everything down the line, but benefited the two biggest clubs at the top. And I feel like that might be what studios are doing now. Maybe they're using this whole thing as 
a situation that they they probably have some contingency plan that when AMC go out of business, when Sydney World go out of business, when Odeon go out of business, they can step in, have some cut price deal, buy themselves a cinema chain, and then they can become the distributor of their own film. And that means that they don't have to pay the cinema any money whatsoever. That they Sounds, uh, that does sound like I mean I mean Disney has uh, nearly got hold of everything there. Disney will just own the entertainment industry aspect when it comes to movies. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. if and oh, yeah, it's and it's they like used to call it carpet bagging, didn't they? When people would swoop in and try to get stuff at a bargain price when they're at their lowest. So I think Disney are turning into carpet baggers. I think. Yeah, I think they are really. They've uh, lost. They they've become so corporate that they've lost lost their. I don't know. Well, that joy. You used to feel joyful about Disney because it was a happy. It was like Mickey Mouse going ah, <laughs> and now I just think of it as like a bit of a, a bit of a monster. Well, well, yeah. it's become well, a bit too big. To, to be honest with you, I think that they may have always, always been carpetbaggers. I think that I think Walt Disney himself. I think sure enough, he was a creative, but he also had a ruthless capitalist side. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And I think that they've all, and the, the thing with Disney is they're a company who's, and I, I know that there's other film studios who are doing exactly the same thing, but we're just big enough, we're just beating on Disney because they're like the biggest <laughs> one. They're the biggest one who had like, you know, the top 10 grossing, grossing films of last year, like eight of them were Disney, came from Disney indirectly because they own Marvel, because they own Star Wars, because they own Pixar. So it's, it's, uh, um, and, I expect they've got Harry Potter in their sights, don't you? No, no, that's Warner Brothers. All oh, right, but yeah. I reckon they, I reckon they go for it. Well, if they I could, they would. I, I think if they could, if they could, they would. But I don't think Warner Brothers are in any position where they need to do that. And I think that if they so, did, are they, are, they pretty, are they pretty strong? Then Warner Brothers are they? They sort of in quite a strong place. Warner Brothers are in a pretty strong place, and uh, oh, okay. Warner good, Brothers are pretty strong. And also, there's a whole bunch of reasons why it wouldn't work because Disney owned Marvel. Warner Brothers pretty much own DC. So the only people who make DC movies are is Warner Brothers. So, uh-huh. yeah. So Harry Potter is pretty much, Warner Brothers are using Harry Potter like their Mickey Mouse. So they own the Wizarding World of Potter, which is um, in Watford over here and all around the world. That is their theme park and that's where they're using it. So, oh, Universal, I forgot about Universal. But so, so what was my point? Yeah, so, so Disney, oh yeah, well, Disney has, and so Disney is this whole thing where when it comes to the capitalist thing of we must own everything, I really do not like that. I really don't like Disney. I do not like their business practices. I think, oh my God, you're everything that's wrong with the world. But they keep making things that I love. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, the output, the Disney output is like, I'm like, oh my God, I love this. So for, so when you talk about that, it's, it's like a magic trick. You talk about that sort of like family feel, that friendly, cuddly thing. I will watch a Disney thing and I'll get that friendly, cuddly feeling. And then I'll read the newspaper and hear about what they're doing business practice-wise. And I'll be like, oh my God. And even though, <laughs> even though I know it's, it's the same business and the, the, horrible, the horrible sort of like blood money that Disney, <laughs> that Disney is making by, by, in my head at the moment, possibly shutting down cinema chains is being used to make, you know, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> or, or, or uh, things I love like Tangled, which is better than Frozen. But it's that uh, it's it, it just it, it's a hard one to that they that they do that. But I do feel this is beginning to feel like a bit of a power grab to me because I don't, as as you said, Sharon, they are essentially cutting off their best way of making money by refusing to make the, to release these films. They're yeah. cutting off their best way of making money, and I. I am pretty sure that that has not passed them by. I think that they have another plan, which is like, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to make even more money. We're going to release these films in our own cinemas, and then we're going to charge our rivals mega bucks if they want to have one of their films in our yeah, cinemas. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think, I, I, uh, unfortunately, I feel like that's where things might be going. I feel like that's where things might be going. Um, the only bright side I can possibly see is I hope one day that we might see a resurgence of the independent, that people may think we haven't, you know, the, on the island, we've only got an independent left. So it might be that the chance for that, that sort of micro cinema to say, you know what, you know, when they, you know, give it a six months, that yeah. we could 
bring back because I know the library at, Ven- at Freshwater have a film club. You and me could take Cineworld over, Sharon. We could. We, we could, could chosen so to be, be on our, our next back, project. We could, we could <laughs> form it into a, a little corporation. Sponsored oh, by Netflix see. versus cinema. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it! I love it. We could buy the Netflix versus the Netflix versus cinema, cinema. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell I you mean, what. like like Sharon said, it's. It, I mean, it is a purpose-built cinema, so you've got screens there. And I mean, even if you could only sort of take over a couple, you know. Uh, oh, oh my! You, yeah. you you guys have got me thinking now. You got me thinking because a friend of mine, a friend of mine, my one, who know he heard that we did the podcast, so he has been sending me. Um, uh, He's been sending me every now and then. He's been sending me stuff about um about cinema and all that and on all that jazz. But he sent me something recently which was what they're doing is is a thing on Twitter which he called the absolute wildest deal I've ever seen in a, in a while. You can buy so you know AMC Theaters which is a big cinema chain in America. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. you can rent the entire theater for you and up to twenty guests for ninety nine dollars. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yes. Does that include the film, or do you have to pay extra for the film? It, it says a pri- okay. It says host a private showing, Ho- host a private show movie showing at AMC for starting at ninety nine dollars for friends, family movie events, celebrations, birthday parties, all that kind of stuff. Safe and clean. I guess you would choose the film and give it to them somehow, but you could essentially rent a cinema for ninety nine dollars in the states, and that'd be worth it. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, I do that. Some so, films I want to see. <laughs> no, when you said that, I'm thinking like you know, we could uh, Netflix was cinema movie nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix was cinema movie nights. We could, we could get things on. So I mean, uh, but. Sharon, I, I agree. I, I, if if the independence could work, and if we could get an act together and figure out a way of hosting, maybe like a once a month thing or a once a month um, movie club or something. I mean, it it could work. It could work. And this this leads me to the other thing because we spoke about Cineworld, but we hadn't spoken about Odeon and what Odeon are doing. They're weekends only, aren't they? They are weekends only. So yeah, Odeons have gone weekends only, and I love that idea. I, I've, yes. I've got to be honest with you. I love that idea. When they mentioned it, I was like, that's a genius idea. I love it. If it wasn't for the fact that I have other things I need to be worrying about right now that should keep me out of a <laughs> cinema, I would be there. So it's because, because it's, well, a, it, a part of that reason is because there's an Odeon, like a, if I cycled, it would take me 25 minutes to get there from my house. And the Odeon in Nuneaton is one that has just, it has just been refurbished to, to be an Odeon Lux. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of the ones they're going to keep open. And sure enough, yeah. you go to the Odeon app and it says, oh, what films are showing today? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then you get to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have films. And they even started sending me emails saying, what film do you think we should show? So they sent me an email saying, what film do you think we should show? We're going to ask people in the local area. And they were asking about my specific cinema close to me. What film do you think we should show? And it was from the Rocky franchise, from Rockies 1 to 5. Which one do you want to watch? You chose it. And uh, the, one, the one that everybody voted for, the, the most people voted for, they were going to put on it. You could come to the cinema and watch it. And if you, if you didn't have an Odeon card, you could come to the cinema and watch it for £5. And I'm like... Uh, even better. And, and things like that. Like, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, it's, it's a bit like, you know, a big multinational trying to be independent. And that yes. sort of interaction is I'm thinking, oh, this might actually be quite good. This and, might work. And the thing, about, the thing about going weekends only that I love is that it makes it an event. It makes it an event where, you know, you only have three days a week in which you can go watch a film at the cinema. You have to pick your day, pick your film, and build your calendar around it. Mm. Which, which, for me, I think it might be a little bit artificial, but I feel it brings that special feeling back to cinema, yeah. as opposed to I can just watch it whenever I want. I'm just going to show up and see what's next. It's... I'm having a, a film reference moment. I'm having that whole field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 
but yeah, but I do prefer the Odeon. I, I mean, most things I do not prefer Odeon to Cineworld. I don't like the Odeon. I prefer the Cineworld Unlimited system to the Odeon Limitless version. Yeah. And, but this is one bit where I did look at it. I do feel like Odeon have done something that I straight up prefer to what Cineworld have done. Yeah. I know yeah. it might be different. Yes, it would have been a better option, I think, for us, definitely, because it would have been, you know, let's like, give us something. Yeah. But they have, <laughs> I mean, as unlimited customers, they have immediately, they suspended our all our direct debit. So they did say, right, you know, we're not going to charge you. If you, from the month of, the, from the beginning of the month of October, if you've been charged already, we're going to give you your money back for the month of October. We're going to just like write off that, that subscription month. Um, so they did that almost like immediately, uh, but it's like you know, it, you know, give us something and we'll work with you. We want Cineworld to survive because we want you know cinema in the regions, yeah, and you know to survive. <laughs> so you know, you give us something and we'll work with you. But you know, yeah, so, haven't yeah, and but. I, I, I mean, it might just be the different financial situations. Maybe Odeon were in a better situation than Cineworld is. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. I think, I think there's from the stuff I was reading about Cineworld and listening on the radio, they were struggling slightly. They were quite badly in debt before the pandemic, anyway. Mm. So they were probably overextended slightly because I know they did close some of their branches a couple of years ago when they were overextending and they did start, they did sort of retrench a little bit and close. Cause I know when my friend Kathy, you know, who used to be part of our film quiz, yeah, I remember. when she first moved to Wrexham, they had a Cineworld and then that closed. And then they had no cinema in Wrexham apart from the, the, the closest cinema she had was in Chester. Yeah. And then a view has opened now in, in Wrexham. So she started last year, she started to go for cinema again because, you know, finally there was a one within easy reach of her home oh, that's nice yeah that's they nice. did start off having a cine world but they, they they did and then i looked at on their list of of sites and they did close quite a few branches about two or three years ago yeah yeah because yeah. I, I think even last year cine world bought up another chain that was struggling and i think they were planning on a big year this year to sort of so it's yeah well the one when i went to bournemouth because that, that bournemouth used to be an empire cinema you know like when i yeah. when i went over to see some films there that used to be an empire cinema but it, it became a cine world cinema yeah anyway have you what what okay. have you seen anything that's nice really so we can get well, yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I know i know okay sure just i'll just say one more thing on Odeon because to be honest with you this this whole this episode i was thinking i was like i'm not even sure i want to review anything i think i, just, I think i just want to complain Okay. <laughs> I think I just want to punch something in the just face. Vent. I, just, I just want to vent. But but okay. So the and the the opportunity that I think that we have here, which is what I think Odeon is doing. So Odeon, when you look at the films that they're showing um, this weekend, they have um, they're going to be showing a preview of a film called Ammonite, which I believe is Shashi Ronan and Kate Winslet, which is yes, like a be- about the life of Mary Anning. All right. Okay. Did not know Fossil Hunter. Yeah, Fossil Hunter, but I think they've made up most of it. But it's still inspired by Mary Ann. Yeah. So, okay, they're, they're showing, uh, the, there's a BFI showing of that. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Like, when you look at it, they're show, bringing some films back, like Cinderella, Disney, um, Cats and Dogs, Dennis and Nasha. I did not realize that there was, like, a new Dennis the Menace film out. And it looks like it's the British Dennis the Menace as well, as opposed to the American one. Guardians of the Galaxy is coming back. The, Michael Ball is having some live, I think it's Michael Ball and <laughs> Alfie Bow. Are coming back for something. Saint Maud, which I think you've seen, Sharon. Tenet is still yeah. out there. Trolls World Tour two by two, and the thing that excites me probably the most, the kind of thing that they're doing, is they are bringing back. I'm not sure whether, I think that they are, they're bringing this. They're bringing back Akira, the manga, the sort of like the classic, ah. the classic manga, which everybody always saw. Like when you talk about manga, people always talk or anime rather. People always talk. Oh my god, Akira, 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 and they're they're going to be showing that on the big screen on Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. This sounds like There's the way. There's a real mix there. This is this yeah. is how, this is how you go about doing something. This is how you go about building it up. So, I think with that, we might have to bring the rant version or the rant section of this <laughs> <laughs> of this to a close. Yes. My, my Jack just put out the rant on its own as an episode. It's like, us oh, Why do you want to kill our cinemas, Disney? Because I'm going to keep yes. blaming you. As much as I love your stuff, I will keep blaming you. <laughs> and, yeah, this could be our discussion point for our chat room to say, 
discuss. We've t- we've set the ball rolling. Now you take it from here. Yeah, we we, we could do that. We, I mean, I know we we did start off at that. Yes, sorry, sorry, Sean. Sure. Tones, you're going to have to go. You're going to have beast mode and go three times a week, and then you can review the cinema. <laughs> and me and Darren will do our streaming stuff. We'll be sat home eating crisps <laughs> <laughs> loudly. <laughs> oh, right. I'll have to go to the cinema. Oh, right. this is not going to be good. The, um, I have, I have. <laughs> Have a baby. I'm supposed to be changing that. I could change nappies at the cinema. I guess I could be yeah, there no. on the, on you the may floor. Be the only in the person aisle. Yeah, it should be fine. <laughs> be, uh, we do that. I have, to, I have to go and see three films a weekend. See one Friday. See one Saturday. See one Sunday. I'll, yeah. see, I'll see if Claudia, my wife, will let me get away with that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. But um, but so yeah, I think over the next couple of weeks is going to be a bit. We're going to just going to have to see what we have week week to week. This we're going to be a show in search of a format. I think <laughs> over the next couple of we'll see we'll see what we can catch when we can catch it. But um, let's try and see. We actually managed to get so before the cinema the cinema closed, you guys managed to catch some stuff. So um, I'm going to let you guys carry on because you just tell me what it is that you got to see at the cinema before it shut. Okay. Um. Well, I saw, I'll, I'll start off then if you like. I saw this, um, I mean, I had no idea what it was about. It was, it was called Schemers. Yeah. And it sounded to me like some sort of, um, I don't know, like a, a silly team. Uh, and I had no, I didn't know what it was about. And this, <laughs> I went there and do you know something? It was a total, total, absolutely fantastic film. I absolutely loved it. The story is basically it's a, uh, 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 player he gets injured he's a football player he plays and he's a football player and he comes up with something to uh, and he decides he's going to put on bands it takes place in Dundee up in Scotland oh yeah and and he meets this girl the nurse that sort of nursed him because of his injury and all that and uh, anyway he has to get the only person who owns all these venues is like the, the local mobster right Charlie end of you know that sort of real yeah. and they say yeah well it costs you this and he puts on all these bands and it's great it takes place in like like the late 70s early 80s so obviously my era yeah and there's a bit there's a bit when he's talking to this girl and and he says oh the girl's talking to him she says um so undertones or buzzcocks and i shouted out in the cinema buzzcocks and then and he turned around and he went buzzcocks and i was like yeah don't do. i was like i went with john i went with our friend john and um he's like yeah oh did I tell you? Did I tell you I went to see Bill and Ted as well? Yeah, you said you you said you, you haven't yeah. uh, you haven't reviewed I that. I told you about that. Didn't I? I spoke about that last time, didn't I? No, no, you didn't. No. You didn't. So no, so, really so, so so finish schemas. You, you do schemas. Okay. We'll go to Sorry, we'll go to Sharon. So much to say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So okay. Fin- anyway, finish schemas. Then we'll go back to Sharon. Okay. He puts on he puts on these bands. He gets some big bands like you know the Rosillos and all those. And I'm like, wow, wow, it's it's great. Um, but obviously. He decides he's going to put on this massive, massive. Um, um, oh, it's quite funny. He's on the phone like that, and he goes, "What bands do you want?" Then he says, "Oh, we got a great up and coming band called You Too." He goes, "Nah, I don't like the sound of them. They don't sound like they're going." To... <laughs> um, so, and then they decide, uh, "Who is it they're putting on? Oh, who is it they're putting on?" I can't remember now. But anyway, they they rent this big venue, and then they he, he tries to make some money by gambling it away, and he all anyway all goes a bit pear shaped and. Uh, it's just a really, really, I really, really totally enjoyed this movie, and I'm going to give this one a total, total four star. Oh, Real right, nice. four star. It's funny when you said. But for... I, must, I must talk about Bill and Ted. I must talk about okay. Bill and Ted. You can, wait, wait, when you said schemers, no, when, when you said um, football player, when you said at the beginning, my mind immediately went to American football because that's what we see on TV or we see in films yeah. all the time. When you said Dublin, I was like, yeah. what? They don't play American football in... Oh! Oh! XR <laughs> football. Yeah. Oh, it's proper football. But that's good. And, and I like the idea that smaller films like this, which I have never yeah. heard of, actually get an yeah. airing. I get an airing. Okay, so... Super pleasure. As I say, it made me punch the air. <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Good. It sounds a little bit like Sing Street or something like that. You know, the sort of... Uh, or you know films that it's, it's, it sounds nothing like Full Monty but you know there's something that has a sort of spirit of a Full Monty of a plucky band of underdogs who get together and they achieve something that in the grand scheme of things is not that big a deal but to them it's 
climbing Everest. So it, it's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit like yeah. that. Okay, so schemas, go four stars. Four stars for schemas. So Sharon, what about you? What did you manage to catch before cinemas left the yeah, island? So like, before Sharon, cinema left the island with, Yeah, I was, <laughs> I'll start off with a film that we haven't reviewed before. Then I've just got a little word to say about a one that has been previously reviewed. So I'll, I'll do that after Shawnee has done his Bill and Ted. But yeah, the film, the new film that I saw was Saint Maud. Yes. That, um, I went into this a bit cold, as in I didn't hadn't seen the trailer for it. I'd only seen a poster and a thumbnail, so I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> so I, it, it was a bit of a shock in places, because I was thinking, this is a lot darker than I thought this was going to be. <laughs> and it's only um, as it, the film progressed that I realised that it is actually a sort of psychological horror film. Yeah. Uh, and that, that goes into some very dark places. So, yeah, it's not quite the, the film I thought it was going to be based on the poster and on... <laughs> What little I knew about it. So anyway, Saint Maud. Um, Maud is a a nurse who does private nursing care for the terminally ill, so she does palliative care. And you see her in the seaside town. It says Coney Island mm-hmm. um, when you when she's walking down through the town. So she's set in England of a certain seaside town. And there's a, a famous dancer who is living her final days in this sort of house isolated in the hills above the town and she goes there to be her live-in carer yeah and she has she's got a, a, a faith which is almost like uniquely catholic that's not a sort of being judgmental about it but it's one of those where it's very religious in that it's all about the ritual and it's about symbolism and there's many layers to it it's not just about a simple faith it's it comes with a lot of attached to it. Yeah. And so the, the dancer, she sees that, that, that Maud is this religious and yeah. she sort of almost like plays with it. And by sort of playing with her, she sort of starts calling her her saviour. And then for Maud, this doesn't just become about making her last days um, bearable. It becomes about saving her soul. Saying that, that if she dies, you know, unsaved, then she's going to go to hell. And oh, yeah. that uniquely... Um, Catholic how that that's was like you think of it in the, the iconography you know it's all burning and it's all, it's all Dante and Dante it's and Dante. purgatory and this is all exacerbated by the fact that she's given a gift of a book of William Blake's paintings oh, yeah. and inside it's inscribed to Maud my saviour from Amanda and she becomes obsessed with this imagery in these paintings imagery of these angels and imagery of demons and how and it sort of basically you then see Maud's spiraling descent into what we would say was madness we would say it was a spiraling we descent was a spiraling she would descent. say I just hear myself come back yeah. at me um, but for Maud it's her ascent she's you know going up by the more she tries to persuade her client you know that she needs to go to heaven and be saved she sees that she's ascending and we see her as descending because we think you know you, you're falling apart love <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. so 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 everything that you said about this film it's sort of like is is backing up what i thought it would be because it has morfred clack in it who is kind of like one of those i think she is welsh but she's one of the yes. uh, yeah she's one of the um so up and coming young actresses now. She's done quite a bit of stuff in the last. She was in David Copperfield, but the fact that you it was see her appearing in more things, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And but it's the fact that it had more of a of an indie thing to it and all that. And I it all, everything you're saying, so it's sort of backing up that whole of what I thought this film was going to be. I mean, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I thought it was going to be psychological. It's going to be weird. It's going to be iffy. Yeah. And 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 if it works, it's going to be a little bit special. If it doesn't, it's going to be pretend. It's going to be a pretentious mess. So, so the question, Sharon, as the only one who's seen it, is: Did it work? I would say yes, because it takes you to some dark places, and it's unrelenting. I mean, there's no. Yes, it's it's unrelentingly dark, and the music is intense, and it's in your face. You suddenly get this like a foghorn, almost like this of these little bass notes, sort of resonating yeah. through the cinema and they sort of resonate through you and you're left feeling slightly you know jaded by it so i would say if their intention was to make you feel disorientated and disarmed and 
uncomfortable yeah and it, it certainly works because i came out of there going what the heck have i just been <laughs> i just sat through <laughs> and the music was just like yeah. going through my head a little bit so for that sort of intense yeah it worked in that regard yeah i found it yeah quite dark intense and unnerving in places right. because i just didn't have any preconceived ideas so i was just sat there and let it wash over me i, I was quite relieved actually i was going to invite one of my friends to come and see it with me because i thought oh she might like a, a film about you know a religious a religious person and then <laughs> afterwards i thought no i'm quite glad i didn't invite her to come along this is not about a spiritual journey. This was about. <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, spiritual yeah, journey in reverse. Yes, something quite different. But you understand a little bit about Maud and you understand her background. So it does tell a story. And there is, you don't always see what's going to come. There's a few moments where I was going, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. But I think that was intentional. So, yes, it certainly worked. So, so if we're an uncomfortable watch but it was certainly you know cracking filmmaking all right so how many stars would you give it so i think i would i feel like i ought to give it a four because it is it does deliver it's sort of shocking and it's sort of visceral and it's you know alarming in places it wasn't entirely to my taste so i can't say i actually enjoyed it oh. but it certainly was impactful cinema so I would give it a definite a four because it is, if you like your cinema intense and impactful, it, it delivered on that regard. Uh, but I, I certainly didn't, I don't think I enjoyed it. But it sometimes I think you just have to recognise something for what it is. Um, yeah, what, what are <laughs> and those? it certainly does stay with you after. Yeah, what, what I, I know, I th- I, I've, seen, I've seen some films like that. And, and I, one of the things I love about this podcast is I love the varying styles of people. You have Sharon who comes in with um, almost forensic, forensic sort of like you know examination of the film she's just watched. I have Sean who's like, "Oh yeah, buscocks," <laughs> <laughs> and Sean who might not be with us. I mean, Sean, are you actually still on the call? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about, I'm about. I was listening. I wonder what Sharon would think of that because when I saw the trailer for St. Maud, I thought it looked interesting. You know, especially with the when she puts those shoes on. Um, so, but. Yeah, yes. it was quite. Um, it did look. It did look interesting. I would have liked to have seen it, but it was a special showing, wasn't it? So, and I couldn't yes, actually do that off. that evening. Yeah, it was just a one-off, which is a shame because I, I I did like the look of it. To be honest with you, I did think it looked looked like it could be quite a good movie. You so, know, one of one of the, one of the better ones in that sort of vein. You know, that sort of mould. Was so, it? A, was it? Yeah. Was it a woman director? Do you know offhand? Was it? I I feel like it, it is. Cool. I feel like I feel like it is. I don't know why, but everything about this film made me think f- female director. And because because what's re- what's really interesting is on like, yeah, on a Rose Thursday, Rose Glass directed by Rose yeah. Glass. Well, on a Thursday they have a they have a thing on Radio Four called the Film Program, and I think it'll be on at eleven tonight. And they were talking about the women directors and the best way they can really get recognised is to make a sort of horror film i'm trying to think what the one they spoke to the director i think it was called absolution or or something but there's another film and she said that they they're really really cheap to make yeah and you can you know she said and it, it was it was saying impact. that she said you yeah, could do rom-coms but she said i could do rom-coms but rom-coms are like there's there's no real substance to rom-coms you know they want they want a penny but if you make a really really decent thriller come horror well, you, you know yeah, it, they but- you get recognized. Yeah, well, this is the thing that they, they've they been saying that for a while. They've said that any filmmaker who is from an underrepresented people group, horror is the way in. So you look at someone like Jordan mm. Peele. Who, get Out. Yeah, he made Get Out. And he, and he would tell you, he's a horror fan, but he would tell you exactly what you've just said. Horror is the way in to be taken seriously because you can do, because horror is cheap, they let you take more risks and they let you do things that could yeah. actually break out. You look at um, someone like Jennifer Kent, who did The Babadook, which I know you don't like, Sean. But then her next film was The Nightingale, which I know you do like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you do have this whole thing where they say horror is a point where, you, because you can use it as an allegory for a whole bunch of things, and you can actually yeah, make yeah. an intelligent film when people aren't mm. watching, and where people are, do not realize what you're doing, and the money men don't realize that's what you're doing. So it's, yeah, it is something I've heard about horror. They're like, yeah, go for horror, because there's a lady called Nia Da Costa, 
who direct it was another film that was supposed to be released this year which was the reimagining re whatever of um uh, of Candyman and as a black woman she has like well two counts against her already in the in the Hollywood world but mm-hmm. she the next thing she's going to, she's going to be doing Captain Marvel 2 for Marvel so oh wow yeah so it's a gateway it's a it? gateway it's a, it's an absolute gateway it's an absolute gateway okay and so now we get onto the films that we have already one of us has already seen but one of us actually went back and watched and what you saw and you know Sean you're itching itching to talk about Bill and Ted <laughs> face the music I am, itching. I am so right. on, never really yeah I've never really been invested in Bill and Ted in fact I couldn't really tell you from the the other two movies much about it I, I couldn't really say whether it was um you know you know I remember the bits and I've I've seen the bits on TV and all that and I watched this and it was, I so enjoyed this movie. I was absolutely belly laughing. I was in hysterics. Really? I mean, people, there was a, a couple of other people in the cinema. Yeah. When they, ah, oh, mate, the prison, the prison. Oh yeah, the prison you know scene. I mean? <laughs> yeah, and the prison scene is just, good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and just all the different, when, when they meet themselves and I was just like, and I was seriously, I was really, really belly laughing to see that with me as well. And I I said, John, I really, really enjoyed that. He said, well, you need to go and see the others then. You need to, to, to revisit the others. Because I was never heavily invested in it, and I really, really, totally, totally enjoyed it so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay, so let, let me get this right. So you went to see this with our friend, John, who is referred yeah. to in, well, we call him Happy John, and he's become like a, a semi-regular thing. Like, yeah. like, we should have a section <laughs> on the podcast, Happy John's Corner. But <laughs> Yeah, we should be. So, so he, he, he was one of... When I, when I spoke to Happy John and he's like, he's like, oh, well, I think I don't think it was the strongest of the others. And I'm like, no, oh, wow. So, but that might, that could mean anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I was wondering what, because he's a fan of the other two Bill and Ted films. I was wondering what he thought of this as a fan. What, what, what was the feeling yeah. you, got, you got from him as a fan of the first two? What, what was the feeling you got from him about this one? Well, he said he did say to me. He said he thinks that's the weakest film of the of the the other. Was there two or three others? There's two. There's two, two, others. two or three others. There's two, there's two, two others. He said, yeah. He, he thought, in his opinion, it was the 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 worst of the bunch. The yeah. worst of the bunch. Whereas me, not being invested in the other two, I hilarious. I was, <laughs> I was I, I seriously, you can, you can seriously see the surprised. Seeds of the others in and it. it was, you can see the the nod yeah. towards the others in it. Definitely. It was. The only reason was, I mean, and near didn't go. It was just a case of always oh, getting near the, oh, it's going to shut down. You know, it's going to be the end. I better go and see something. And we just yeah. happened to be having a coffee. And oh, I don't really, I'm not really, I don't want to see Bill and Ted, but it might be the last time. So what the hell? And I'm, so yeah, so that would have been, that would have been the last film I actually saw, I guess. So that would have been on there. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, sure, in that case, I'm really, yeah. really happy that you enjoyed it that much because I know that, I went out. Uh, yeah, I, the I, last, the last no, no cinema period we had. You were. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel and Bloodshot. <laughs> well, at, at one point, yeah. we thought the last film that you're going to see in a cinema on the Isle of Wight was going to be Vin Diesel Bloodshot. Oh mate, what's that? I, I, but yeah. but now there's a chance that it might be Bill and Ted Face the Music, which you found hilarious. And knowing you, Sean, it I is it's it, a film has to do something for you to find it hilarious. I think a film has to do something for you to yeah, A it find really it does. scary <laughs> and B hilarious. Those are two things that I think that you think, what are you trying to do? Horror and comedy. You're like, why the hell are you No, it's not funny. Yeah. No, it's not scary. And so for you to say you enjoyed it, I am really, really happy for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy too because, um, as I say, it was you know you know it's, it's got to do something to really please me. Yeah. But I just found it, and I mean, but but to me, it was the bits where they sort of meet themselves. You know, yeah, um, the, that, yeah. those Bill bits. And I was just were the best, and, and, and and the prison. Yeah, yeah, and, and like the prison one, I was laughing even later on, like a little bit towards the after film, and suddenly, you know, like you get those bits where the, the memories come back, and then yeah, you just end yeah. up sort of, sort of laughing. It was a bit, a bit like that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, no, that that's good because I, I do agree with you. I do feel like the for me the strongest bits of the film were the bits where they met themselves, where they were traveling through time yeah, and meeting different versions. Yeah. yeah, I thought I, those bits I thought were funny. Those bits I thought were really really funny. Oh. <laughs> I did like the rock star bit where you know where Keanu Reeves sort of turned into Slash, didn't he? Yes, Keanu, <laughs> Keanu Reeves turned into Slash, and yeah. 
and, 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 that's right uh, and, and Alex Winter some sort of weird I don't know status quo Brian May kind of yeah Saxon yeah. <laughs> Van Halen David yeah. Roth type of creature that's wasn't he he uh, was just a... uh, the, 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 I like the ones yeah which were the ones when they the first ones they meet that tried to peg it they tried one they tried to run oh, away oh yes yes when, yeah. when they're playing like a senior centre <laughs> they're playing a senior yeah that's it <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, no, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad I went out on a high Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, the, uh, Sharon, you went with the film that has been called the savior of cinema. It's also been called the film that has put the death knell, the, the final nail in the coffin of cinema, <laughs> because it didn't do what everybody else thought it was going to do. And then Disney decided to just move everything to 2021. So yeah. you went to see, tell us what it was. Tenet. Yes. I saw Tenet. And I saw it at... On the last day, I saw it on the Thursday that the cinemas closed because I, I did the debate going to see it because I know it had the reviews and a lot of people I've seen it said, oh, I didn't really get what it was all about. And I thought, oh, do I want to sit there and be confused for two hours? Uh, but then I know people have said, I know both you don't have said, you know, it's, a, it's still a, an enjoyable experience. I thought, I'm just going to go and do it. So the last day of cinema, I on the Isle of Wight, actually, it's not the last day of cinema ever. It's not apocalyptical uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Tenet. And because I thought I wasn't going to understand a bit of it, I actually understand it much better than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Because I was thinking, <laughs> I was expecting not to understand anything. And it's quite linear most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you see, okay, you see. Now, Sean, Sean, if we could, I would give you a high five right now because we did that. We did that. <laughs> We gave we gave Sharon enough of a warning that she knew to take her notebook with her when she was watching, <laughs> so she could follow what was going on. <laughs> yeah, because there was a couple of bits yeah, where we, I thought, we, yeah, okay, well, I could do with seeing that again because I don't. I, I was watching what's happening in the foreground, and I think if I saw it again, I would watch what's happening in the background, and yep. then that would probably tie everything up together. So I think it's probably a film that would take repeat viewings, especially at the end where you're thinking. I think I understand, but I want to go back and see that bit again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so, but yes, I in, I enjoyed it. I I thought the protagonist really engaging. The fact that he's called the protagonist, and yeah. then he refers to himself as the protagonist, I just thought was was clever without being you know snarky clever. Yep. So I I I liked it. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it, and I would. It needs a rewatch, which whenever that's going to happen, uh, it's not going to be another a cinema revisit. <laughs> but no, I, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I thought it, I I didn't go on sufferance, but I went with a low expectation of you know how much yeah. I'd get out of it, thinking if I'm going to be horribly confused, well, can I actually just enjoy the experience? And I was partially confused, but I did get engaged in the characters and in what was going on. And I did enjoy the ride. So it did deliver what you gentlemen said it would. Oh, so, good stuff. Good stuff. And it might yeah, still... So I liked it. It might still show all those chicken studios. It might still show them up. Because if it just keeps staying in cinemas and staying in cinemas, and before you know it, it, it could still make a billion. It could still, yeah. <laughs> it could still bring it's a still billion. It's still got legs. Uh, and it wasn't empty by enemy. Because I was thinking, oh, the last day, I bet there'd be like two of us in there. There was it wasn't full, but it was respectable turnout in there. So people are they may not be going in their huge numbers, but people are were still going. Yeah. Whether it's enough sufficient to, you know, to deliver what they needed to. But anyway, yes, it was yeah, it was a worthy film to sort of sort of say goodbye to cinema for a little while. Oh yeah, on the Isle of Wight. So um so the big question is: Are you guys? Are you guys going to? Oh, actually, first of all, Sharon, how many stars would you give Tenet? So I'd give it a four. Yep. All right. Cool. Good stuff. So, are you guys going to try and go to the uh, what's it called, the Commodore in Ride, Commodore. which is the yeah the the independent cinema? Um, I'll see what's on, and then if it's if something I want to see, I will go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not really keen on the screens there. I don't think they're particularly good. Um, it's not very. It's not the most comfortable of cinemas. No, it's not know. the most comfortable. And I just, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. I, if it was something that I really, really wanted to see, I might do. But you know, we'd have to wait and see what was on. We'd probably go over together, Sharon, wouldn't we? If it was something, yeah, yeah. If, I mean, I don't know what it would be. 
Um, I wouldn't like to see see Bond there. I'd like to see that the bigger one. I mean, may if it was yeah. a if it was a big one, I'd probably go to like an Odeon something on a weekend. I think like maybe yeah, over to Southampton or something like that. Visit so if, somewhere. You know, if you if you're going to do something, if you're going to see something, you know, maybe get a cheap. Uh, yeah. Red Jet over to Southampton and then go to IMAX or something. Yeah, yeah. An evening return and, you know, make it make it a big experience. Because I I was thinking in terms of Isle of Wight miles, because if you know you live in Cowes and this is at Rye, I mean, it's like Isle of Wight miles. That's like going to London for the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. And it's sometimes for you, Cowes, it's like sometimes, you know, it Cowes, it's just easier to go to Southampton than it is to go yeah. to Ryde. Yeah. You yeah. have to go through Newport and the Coppins Bridge Roadworks. It's just like, yeah. okay, you know for, what? For anybody, it's not worth it. For, for anybody who has not visited the Isle of Wight, I mean, first of all, what is wrong with you? Get sorted out. Get down to the Isle of Wight. <laughs> and for, for anybody else who's wondering what on earth she's talking about, uh, I think it's, it's a case with you find out that there's such a thing as Isle of Wight Miles, as you said, where it I think from anywhere on the island to almost anywhere else on the island will probably take you about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. Oops. Yeah, props if you're going to if you're going to travel to get from one place to another. However, that does seem to be multiplied by where an hour on the yeah. island does feel like 4 hours anywhere else. So it's, nah. it, So people don't traveling. go to ride to Newport. It's just like, oh, it's just too far. It's, I just can't go to ride. It it does mean that you it's might It's 8 miles. It doesn't mean that you might end up with a cheap holiday because people are like, you know what? I'm going to go on holidays this year. I live in Ride. I'm going to go, like, you know, in what, 30 miles down the road, and that's going to be my holiday or something. It, but we love the Isle of Wight. I mean, I keep saying one of my favorite places to live, and I do love its idiosyncrasies. Right. I don't think Netflix deserves a hearing today because... because, I, because I think... I, oh, 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 that sounds like... Sure, that sounds like you had something. Oh, I have yes. Well, well, um, Amazon. Amazon. Um, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, the boys. Amazon. The boys season two. I saw the boys, and uh, yeah, I managed to because it finished there. The last episode uh, was it Friday. Um, oh, Tozin, I'm so glad you put me onto this for the first series. I am so. <laughs> I, I, I owe you for this one because it's been. And I, I mean, I love this series. I absolutely. I think this is the greatest. And I. It's funny enough looking at it, and it's one of the few things that is challenging Netflix. I think with the series, I think it's like second or third. Or popular. Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, you got Netflix, yeah. all the streaming ones. This is like the third most popular um, uh, series, and and it is absolutely marvelous. I can't say enough about it. It's just like, you know, the premise is not not you particularly you know there's superheroes a group of superheroes but they're not particularly nice superheroes they've got a lot of lot of problems and it's i don't know i just love this i love this so i I think yeah i think the way they think about it is like you know how they say absolute power corrupts absolutely and yeah and, and the premise of the boys is built on well, if you gave some, if somebody had all that power, they would not be a saint. They would not be a boy scout. They would be an absolute fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think it's great. Rhymes with you know, <laughs> big, big corporations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty special. So, so I mean, if this was for me for a series, and I've watched a lot of series, was um. Yeah, I mean, this would be totally five-star plus. All right, this would be all like right. super gone five-star. The whole, st- I mean, I've been waiting because I've watched it a little bit and we had that couple of weeks and I really wanted to say something, but I couldn't because they were still showing the episodes. Yes, they hadn't finished the season yet. Hadn't finished so, the season yet. So, but now they've got to the this season. Ah, oh, it's just brilliant. I should probably might okay. even have to watch it. I'll tell you what, mate, Sean, I might actually watch it. I might watch it in the next week and maybe then next week we can we can go over it. We can go over it properly because oh, brilliant. I, I, th- yeah. I think you would actually I like... might try to watch it as well then. Or you're going to watch what from season one? I'll try to watch the whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I'll set myself a challenge. Cool. Okay. Cool. Sh- cool. Sharon, I'm, really, I'm really excited now. I'm going to try and get the video back on. Yeah. Okay. Sh- I'm Sharon, really excited. So. Sharon, I've got. I do. Have, I do have to warn you a couple of things. It's quite adult and Uh-oh. nipples. Has yeah. it got strong language? Oh yes. Very, very, very. <laughs> oh, super. No. I mean, we're talking. We're talking the strongest, strongest yes. language. I mean, I mean, we're talking the strongest language. I think. Oh, the boys. Was it, I think the boys was was that Mark Miller? I know that there's there's two Scottish. You no, know, Mark Miller did Kickass. Who did the boys? Who did the boys? Is, the, is it Grant Morrison? The boys. The. Uh, 
I cannot remember who who it is rather, but but he he's he's Scottish and he's very Scottish. Oh, say no more. <laughs> so I mean, say no more. Yeah, Scottish stuff. I'll be yeah, prepared no, to go. Oh. Garth Ennis. No, it, it's Garth Ennis. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would love you to see it, Sharon, just to get you might only go. You might only watch the first couple, but oh, no, anyway, it would just be really, really, really sorry, 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 no, I, I, was, I was getting them confused. Garth Ennis is not Scottish. Mark Miller is Scottish. Garth Ennis is from Northern Ireland. So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, so I will warn you that, Sean, sure, I'll I say if you want, if you can, if you get, if you, I've got the, I, I've got digital copies of the boys, the entire comics run, because there's oh, stuff, no. there's stuff that they don't do on the TV show. Because I think it's too it's too far even for TV. Too much. Yeah, the like there's there's a so the the boys. I think Sean, if you can track it down, find the boys and read the original comic run because they. Let me put it this way: as as crazy as the TV show is, they tamed some stuff down. Nah, can you you, you know Carl Urban because he played Judge yes. Dredd, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is he is he English or is he American? He's off, he's, 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 he's a Kiwi. He's a key. Oh, he's he's New Zealand because he sounds so so like Cockney. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's he's he's, he's dialed up the Cockney and the boys. Uh, <laughs> he first yeah, came yeah, to like most people's attention star. in Lord of the Rings. He was Aimer in Lord of the Rings. Aimer, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, what true. business? Long blonde does hair. The, yeah, the, Ro- the Rohan. That's it. Yeah. What business does an elf, a human, and a dwarf have in the Rudermark? <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me cool. your name, Hawthorne. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on that, on that note. Oh, yeah, so I've, I've had some really, really good stuff. And can I just ask one thing for Sharon? Sorry, Toast. Did you see that last episode of The Walking Dead? I haven't seen it yet. It's on my hard drive waiting to watch. Oh, I've been okay. waiting well, for I'll... a brother to be on late, which he is this week. So, yeah, oh, bring I'll, it I'll, on. I'll, I'll... I'll hold on on that one, and I'll hold on on that one, oh, so you can. Okay, so so, so next week we might end up having a from comics to TV shows special where we yeah <laughs> we're going for comics to TV shows special where we we will talk the boys, we will talk the Walking Dead, and see what have I been watching? No, that was not a comic to begin with. I could watch the I could finish watching the season two of Umbrella Academy. Uh, we we could do that. We could mm. we we could we could talk about that kind of stuff until next week when we do. As I said, things are going to shift. We're going to move around. We're going to figure out what it is we're doing. Uh, until next week, we um, uh, where we will figure out what it is we're doing. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. We'll see you guys next week in and actually write in and let us know. Let us know if there's cinemas where you are and if you might have seen anything. Goodbye.